I'm excited. I, I didn't know how I'd feel coming back. I mean, we, do we have one week off? One Sunday online. Yeah. It seems like ages. I've missed you all. It seems like it's been so long. And it's been one Sunday. But I didn't know how I'd feel. But I'm so excited to be here. Um, this morning, just worshipping together was just incredible. Um, did anyone else feel like that? Yeah. Fantastic. I'm glad. Um, is it Jessica? Jess? Uh, random. Hi. Welcome. Uh, I was, you were standing behind me when we were worshipping, and as you walked, you must have walked in at some stage, and I had the sense of an angel with you, and its name was Lucy, and she had a vessel, and in it was ointment, and the ointment was for the healing of woundedness, and I felt like Jesus has assigned that angel to be with you and to minister through you, so with you. Cool, eh? So, <clears throat> um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was just worshiping and had this vision, this image of an army, you know, of us standing there as this militant mass of people dressed in armor and ready for war. And as we were standing there, we were so steadfast, you know, that no one, no one was jittering or fearful or shivering or we were just standing there. And uh, it was pitch black and we were surrounded by the enemy. And the enemy was, was like encroaching on us and we were worshiping. And all you could hear was us banging on our chests at this beat and worship just coming out of our mouths. And it was so beautiful. And the enemy, who in this instance was like a just big double-headed dragon, uh, <clears throat> was spitting terrified at the sound of worship. Couldn't see us. I thought that was interesting. Couldn't see us. Was, was only aware of us by our worship, but couldn't see this army standing before him. Uh, we were uh, invisible in a sense, and uh, but like seethingly angry at his fellows, <laughs> um, saying, "Shut it up! Stop it! Stop the noise! I can't handle it! I can't handle it! Someone stop them!" And and we just carried on worshiping and worshiping, and um, it was just a beautiful image um, to 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 have with you all, and I feel like that's what um, he was doing. That's what was happening in our midst this morning as we enter 24. Uh, I want to start with a scripture this morning. It's been impressed on me the last couple of weeks. So, um, And I feel like it answers some of the questions that we've been asking last year. Uh, it's Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. It says this, <clears throat> Let us hold resolutely to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us not neglect meeting together, as some have made a habit, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us encourage one another. And um, I love that there's a remnant here in the first Sunday back of, of the year, and you're ready to go, you know? Um, but this conjures up this question of why do we gather? Why do we gather? 
Like, yeah, we're building a community. Um, yeah, you know, like it's a deeply isolating culture, so we need community. Uh, yes, we're part of a discipleship journey that we're all going on. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to worship together um, in, in, that, in one accord. Like, there's so many reasons why we do gather. But here, it seems to say, like, so many are forsaking meeting together. Why do we still do it? I was reminded this morning of why we still do it, <laughs> because it was just glorious. And I, I looked at the same scripture in multiple different uh, translations. NIV, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Uh, NLT, let us think of the ways to motivate one another towards acts of love and good works. ESV, let us consider how to stir one another up. KGB, how to uh, provoke one another unto love. Uh, how to encourage one another, how to stimulate one another, how to rouse one another, how to excite one another to love and to love's actions. And uh, I was just meditating on that scripture um, that the outflow of a loving heart is always good deeds. And that's why we gather to, to be loved, to learn to be loved, to love one another and to motivate and encourage each other to good works, to good deeds. Um, the outflow and I, I don't know about you, um, I don't know what, everyone has their own traditions over Christmas. Who's got Christmas traditions? Yeah, just three people. Wow, I would have thought more. I would have thought, I don't know, Christmas trees even, turkeys, I don't know, something. Everyone has their own flavor of Christmas, right? Your family, some of your merging cultures together, different families. It's messy, I know, um, but we make the most of it. And uh, we always have these beautiful Christmas times that are memorable. Um, but I like to take, at the end of the year, a bit of a stock take of 23, of the, the, the year that's just gone by, right? How did that year pan out? How did it pan out for you? Um, is anyone in the habit of doing that? A bit of a stock take? Uh, what's the dominant theme of that year, 23? You know, um, was there a word that God gave me, and did it come to pass? Did I see it happen? Uh, who have I become this year? Who have I grown into? Um, what I often like, I love doing is, is I go to my phone and I go to my iCloud's photos app and I go through all the photos of the year, right? Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. Um, so I, I like to take photos, especially of my kids and my family. And so I watch how my kids grew over the year. I, I look at the things that we did together as a family, the places that we've been, um, the, the events that we've been a part of, and the things that we've achieved, all those sorts of things. I look back, and I think it's a wonderful practice. Um, it's not so much that I'm reminiscing. It's, it's actually that I'm opening up my heart to God and assessing the year. And um, I, I'm really bringing it to Him and saying, Lord, I don't know, did I fulfill, did I fulfill what you had for me in 23? Um, was, I, was I running in my lane? Uh, did I complete the assignment that you have on my life, that you gave me? Um, or was I just caught up? Was I just swept along just for the sake of it, busyness and the rip currents pulling out to the world and uh, without purpose, without any intent, did I just get, because often you get a couple of months into a year really intentionally, <laughs> and then, oh, what just happened? 
I feel like we should be in March still, and the year's finished. <laughs> so that's a big question, I know, but um, why, why would you not ask those questions of yourself at the end of each year? Um, you, you want your life to count for something, eh? <laughs> um, I question the things that I spent most of my time on. Anything that I do daily is a big deal, right? Anything that you do daily, like just the stuff that you do, it adds up if you do it daily, yeah? If you don't believe me, stop brushing your teeth, right? It takes just a, I don't know, 30 seconds, right, a day, twice, maybe, some of you more, Uh, some of you less. Uh, But if you stop brushing, you'll notice, people around you will notice, right? Conversely, if you did an extra thing, like let's say you did 20 press-ups every day before you had a shower, you would notice the difference. I guarantee it. Challenge accepted. Uh, (laughs) But the daily, (laughs) start with one, build to two, build to three. Yeah. (laughs) By the end of the year, you'll be at 20. I believe in you. Um, (laughs) But like uh, the daily habits and the routines, they count, right? They count. And we thrive on those things, even the spontaneous ones, even the peas amongst us, myself included. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Uh, we, we actually thrive in routine. Right. Um, so then after I have that, that's my process at the end of the year. After that, the Lord then nails me down a bit more. He's like, yeah, 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 Joss, that's all well and good. That's the stuff that you've been doing, but who are you becoming, right? (laughs) And then you have to ask yourself those questions. Am I more lovely? You know, am I through this year, have I become more lovely? Is my soul more beautiful than it has been? Or have have I developed some resentments? Is there some grievances? Is there any unforgiveness? You tackled this some of this last week, but uh, I know that I've, um, I've felt his loving reprimand, let's put it that way, <laughs> his loving reprimand this year when I've made judgments. And, and at the end of the year, he's been like, have you fully worked those through? Have you repented of those judgments that you've made? And ha- have you gone, you know, done a thorough process? <laughs> you know, and I, I like to... Um, I like to go through my journal entries. I was, I'm always I'm really encouraged to see someone over here journaling in the cafe yesterday. And I love that people have this habit of journaling their back and forth conversations with God. And they're writing them down. And uh, over the decades, I've had a really good practice of this. And this year, it has lapsed somewhat. So, but I read through the things that God has spoken to me into my heart personally, and, and I go through the things that he's given me and um, the promises and the prophetic words that have been spoken and his invitation to me throughout the year. Have you processed 2023 yet? Or are you just sort of crashing into 24 um, without really a second thought, like just good to get rid of it, you know? I feel like that. But I think it's healthy to have a process to pause, to have a pause. And there's nothing magical about this time of year. In fact, you can and you should probably do this anytime. Um, but why would we not take this opportunity right now to pause and to inquire of God? 
Because I feel like until we've done that, how can we inquire of God for 2024? Because have we stewarded what he's given us for 2023? And it may not just be a year thing. It might be a season thing. And so, God, what do you have for us in 2024? Is my next question. (laughs) Uh, I'm planning to do that from the 15th (laughs) Um, for 10 days. Um, But, hey, God, the most important thing, am I more lovely? Am I more lovely? Am I more loving? Um, The man who loves to walk will walk further than the man who walks only for the destination. The man who loves to walk will walk further than the man who walks only for the destination. See, are my good deeds the overflow of a loving heart? Or are they just reminiscent of duty and obligation and striving or performance? Um, Are they just ritual? Are they just disciplines? You know, Lord, I want my deeds to flow out of love. Bill Johnson says this. He says, there are lovers and there are workers. And the lovers will always get more work done than the workers. There are lovers and there are workers. And the lovers will always get more work done than the workers. He's calling us this year to be lovers. So I want to dive into that more next week um, because I think it's essential that we start the year tackling the most important thing, right? The whole law and the prophets was summed up in that one thing, that one thing of love, who is a person, who is Jesus, the, the complete manifestation of love. And so you can hold your breath for that. Um, but right now, this morning, I want to give us some hopeful expectation. I feel like this morning has already set the scene of that, of encouraging us, what are we holding on to for 2024? And I love, love, love asking God for a word each year. For me personally, for my family, for us as a church, like God, what are you doing with your bride right now? And so I feel like there's four prophetic processes that, that God has been revealing to me, um, as I approach this year, and I don't think they're just for me. I think they're for us. So um, by processes, I mean they're not necessarily immediate. <laughs> and pro- by prophetic, I mean something that, that God is making available to us for us to receive. So we have this opportunity to grab a hold of those things and, and receive them for ourselves and for us as a church. Okay? So prophetic process. It's a lame word, but... Number one, <laughs> uh, the restoration of foundations, yeah? the restoration of foundations. So last year, um, before Easter, uh, Michaela and a small crew of us um, went up Hackthorn Road. You remember this? And there was a house up there, this old villa, and we pulled out the kitchen and the carpet out of that building, and we took it to Easter Camp, right? They set up their own little community at Easter Camp, their own Harmony Village, and uh, they used that carpet. Well, after that, I had the opportunity to meet the builder owner. And he took a considerable amount of care showing me around that place. Right? And he explained what he was going to do um, in remediating the foundations. This beautiful old villa, like in all its magnificence, needed some real foundational work. And um, there were, the cracks were showing, you know, post-earthquakes. Uh, the cracks were showing, and the house 
Um, I know to restore the house, you can, I mean, you could remediate it, right? You could, you could put the finishing touches on, a uh, slap of paint, some plaster. <laughs> um, but if the foundations aren't strong enough to support that, what's being built, then it will show. And uh, the cracks, there was cracks in the ring, the levels of the piles were out of place, the, the floor joists were all out of kilter. And these are areas of our lives, right? This is a metaphor. These are areas of our character. These are issues of the heart and, and vision that is needing to be reworked in our lives and restored before we step into the next phase of building with the Lord. So the enemy is eyeballing the cracks, right? He, he knows they exist. And he's hoping that we'll, we'll, we'll just neglect the foundation work. He's hoping that we'll just do that quick flick, plaster and paint. Because he knows that if you build on a faulty foundation, then he can gain access. He can gain some entry. So God is highlighting the areas of character that, that, you know, the places that he's needing to prune back and the places of healing right now. Otherwise, we're going to trip over ourselves as we grow in favor and in influence. If we don't allow the Lord to work on the foundations, um, we're not going to be able to sustain the blessing that's coming. You know, or steward effectively what God has for you. Because he wants to pour himself out on you, and he wants to trust you with the more. <laughs> we had this prayer meeting this morning, and the more came out. Um, so in December, Livy and I went back and checked out the open home before this house went to auction. Right? And um, it had been so lovingly restored from the ground up. Structurally, it was sound again. And I knew what it looked like, so I went under the house. Uh, it was raised up. And, and, you know, like it still had its quirks, its idiosyncrasies. You could still spot the old and the new, but it was now sturdy, you know. It was now ready. And for those who have been in some sort of migratory nomadic lifestyle for many years, um, I believe that this, this prophetic process of restoring the foundations also speaks to a season of deep establishing like laying strong foundations for years to come. And I know this because in my own soul, personally, I just wanted to run away. <laughs> like I didn't want to face 24. I just wanted to run away. Everything in me just wanted to escape. Which typically means God is asking me to act out of my spirit and dig deeper foundations and root myself, right? So for those of you who are feeling like I just want to escape 24, I just want to run away, um, get ready for a season of deep uh, heart and soul refreshing, uh, trauma reversing, healing um, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A scripture I felt was uh, connected to that comes from Isaiah 54, 11. It says, Oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. Okay, prophetic process number two, uh, the prolification of bunnies. <clears throat> so to, to, to cope with some of the frustrations that I've had 
over the last month, I've taken to riding the hills, okay? Essentially, when my household is asleep, I'll jump on my bike and I'll ride up the hill, right? It'd take me about 50 minutes to get up and about 10 minutes to get down. Um, and I'll, I'll just ride back home. Uh, and typically, uh, it's dark. <laughs> anyway, I've been seeing bunnies, right? I've run up the Victoria Park for like a decade, and I've never seen a bunny up there. And I'm riding along, and I see a bunny. And as I'm biking, um, I felt God say something, like this means something. I was like, okay, sure, I'm listening, whatever. And so and then I'm riding a little bit further, and I see another one. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's going on? What's going on? What do you want me to hear? Um, what do you want to say, Lord? Now, uh, next, week, next day, Thursday, I was coming through the car park of church. I'd been cleaning the studios, and guess what I saw? In our car park! Bunnies! Right? I know, it's wild. They were wild bunnies, not tame little white fluffy ducklings. They were like, what? what's the bunnies? Yeah. Uh, so they're not, they're not like the overly biblical characters, you know, don't get hung up on Easter and blah, blah, blah. Um, but prophetically, they speak of prolification, of more, right? Of multiplication and yes, fertility. And I was cracking up as you were saying that, Gideon, because bunnies, bunnies typically carry for 30 days. Did you know that? Ah, you didn't know that. It's so weird that you knew that. Uh, and they may have up to like 12 kids. Is it kids? Yeah. Um, and they have a real sweet labor. Okay. Sorry about it, ladies. Um, but that's right. It's an ease for them. Labor is, is a good gig. And then bam, just like that, they're ready to go again. That's why we say breed like bunnies. Or like, I don't know. There's a phrase, right? Yeah. Breed like rabbits. Yep. And uh, I was just thinking, you know, we've had an influx of babies in the place over 2023 at Harmony. Congratulations to all the new parents. And uh, we're waiting some, for some more too, which is exciting. Um, but as I meditated on that, I felt the Holy Spirit drop into me, my inner knower, uh, first in the natural and then in the spiritual. So as we approach 24, I'm anticipating with this hopeful expectation, a spiritual fertility like we've never seen before. The bunnies are prolificating <laughs> and there's going to be a prolification of freedom, of restoration, of healing, of wholeness, of wonders that we've never seen before, a spiritual awakening and a hunger that we've been longing for for years. Historically, baby, baby booms happened in times of rest after war, right? So there is a baby boom happening. And for those who have been carrying for 30 days or 30 months or 30 years, this is the year of birthing that long-awaited promise. He, he means to keep his pledges. He, so leave behind the survival mode of 23, and enter into a year of thriving. Psalms 37, 3-7 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him 
and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. All right, prophetic process number three. There's four of these, by the way. Uh, (laughs) The refinement of assignment. Boom. Uh, We have a mantle, uh, like a fireplace surround, you know, a a fireplace mantle, uh, and it's in storage. And it gets brought out every so often on occasional basis um, for performances and things, productions, right? And uh, I saw a number of these mantles, all identical, on Marketplace. <laughs> this, this is a little bit of my process, but this is what the Lord was doing with me. I was like, why do I keep seeing this mantle appear? And every time I saw it, the next one was tidier. The next one was cleaner. cleaner. It was more refined. It was nicely painted, it was better than the next, but they were all identical, and there was this mantle. And I, I sensed that my mantle, your mantle, our mantle, had blood, sweat, and tears over it. Blood, sweat, and tears. And that the Lord was refreshing mantles of those stepping into a new season, but still carrying the old. Right? And I also knew this was the Lord um, redefining our assignment for the next season. That it wasn't something that was occasional or event-based or intermittent, but rather something to be walked in and to be encloaked by. And I believe that while we are in a new era, uh, we are actually, there's a bit of a boot camp preparation phase for what's coming. And I, and I, thought, I thought it would just be 2023. I thought we'd be through it faster, but we're slow. Uh, <laughs> we're slow to catch on, right, with what the Lord's doing. It's good to, it's good to process these things ahead of, before they come, all right? Like it's coming. <laughs> um, and God is using this time to speak clearly to about what we're being called to, called into. So while in the past there was a grace to run with a hundred things and cast our bread on the water, I believe the next season's assignment is going to be specific and targeted. This is speaking to me too, if you know anything about my life. (laughs) Stop laughing, Catherine. Uh, He's calling us to be like an arrowhead that hits the mark. And the grace to be spread over many areas has come to a close. I know, it's making me laugh. Uh, he, he said to me firmly, he said to me firmly, my grace has lifted. And that I'd start to feel areas that his hand was no longer on for me. That, and that would be an indication that I'd need to put, lay those things down. And I believe that for all of us. <laughs> See, God is sharpening you as a spear for a specific purpose in the same way uh, your message is becoming sharp. And that's, that's why you felt a strange shift and a departure from, from what you used to be comfortable with. And you're, you feel like, oh, I'm being drawn into something uncomfortable. That's, that's what that feeling is. Your hand has to leave the wrong plow and you have to burn the oxen. Uh, 
that would cause you to run back to where it's safe all the time. Because if it's still available, you'll go back to it. But God also wants us to identify, uh, and this is harmony, our global assignment. I believe we have a global voice as harmony. And we have a whole realm of impact that he's calling us into, which is deeper and more significant than we know. This, this is a redefining of, of calling, uh, higher and deeper, and, and removing all that you used to carry, that you don't need to carry anymore. You see, you can't keep carrying other people or their assignments anymore. And in this prophetic process, God is burning away and removing the distractions. The distractions that were keeping you from stewarding your true assignment well. So it's, it's time to pick up what you forfeited and stop handing away the pearls that God gave you. Still with me? Right. What's wrong? It's time to pick up what you forfeited and stop handing away the pearls God gave you. Um, the commissioning... This is number four, prophetic process number four, the commissioning of the Psalm 24 anointing. The last prophetic process um, I saw was a commissioning of an anointing that comes by being separated and holy unto the Lord. It's in a time of great mixture out there, huge mixture in the world, huge mixture in the church. But he's calling us to be separated and to be holy. God is looking for those who will return to the fear of the Lord, the reverential awe of the Almighty, the omnipotent one, that, that we would not touch his glory, that we would not reach for the ark with dirty hands, that, that we would not have a fleshly response for spiritual requirements and that our obedience would match our sacrifice or his sacrifice, worthy of his sacrifice. But I saw um, a band of wild white horses, right? Um, and they were ascending a mountain and they were letting out an almighty like stallion. Right? Probably more in it, but... Uh, but it was like a... It was like a war cry to the saints, right? And it, it just fit with the image I saw this morning. It was like this battle cry of these, this white stallion, these white stallions, and, and the saints are ready um, ascending the mountain. Psalms 24, Psalms 24, three to six. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. I believe um, that the marker of this next great move of God is going to be holiness. And God is using a people who have been through fire and been purged. They've been crushed like the grape. 
They've been pressed like the olive. They've been bruised like the reed. They, they, they've been delivered from fleshly and worldly Babylonian ways. And they have been freed from the religious baskets of the institution. And right now, God is jealously protecting movements by purifying them, removing compromise. And He's raising up those with clean hands and pure hearts. And it's a changing of the guards somewhat. And, and, and it's clearly separating wheat from tears. Why? So that the King of glory may be revealed. Is coming back for a spotless bride. And so that man would get out of God's way. That we would decrease, that he may increase. Psalm 24, 17. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. I believe uh, these wild horses are, are the pure ones that He's called to usher the church into the next chapter. And they aren't compromised by the leaven of the Pharisees or they're not, they're not sold out to idols. Uh, they're not sold out to their reputation or their ministry goals or building empires or money. They are His wild horses that are the gates and the doors for the King of Glory to come through in 2024. 2024 will be a year that we will need to see the pure bride emerge as the enemy ups his game in the nations. Why don't you stand with me? Father, I just, I thank you that you help us process life. <laughs> and we all want to come to a point where we're not just processing life retrospectively. In fact, we're not even processing life as we're going through it. But, but by your Spirit, we are processing life in advance of it happening. <laughs> because you give us revelation, you give us insight, and you walk us through. You, you go before us, your angels go before us, and you, you guide us. And Lord, help us to navigate this, uh, this changing of the years, Lord God. This transition time. Speak to our spirits and stir us for 24. We want to be fresh. I thank you for your anointing this morning. I thank you that as we laid our hands and our heads, Lord, you filled us up to overflowing. May you keep on filling us, keep on filling us to overflow. May the train of your glory fill the temple, fill these temples to overflowing 
and keep on filling them and keep on filling them and keep on filling us, Lord. And Lord, we pray for your prophetic processes to to come into play this year. We thank you for your commissioning this morning. We thank you for that Psalm 24 anointing to be people of clean hands and pure hearts, Lord God, that we would not lift our souls to another, that we would be your bride spotless, that our hearts would be sold out for you and you alone, that we would have one lover. We would have eyes for one love. Give us eyes for one lover, that we live before an audience of one, and that is you, Christ Jesus, our beautiful groom. And so we just, uh, we just bring ourselves before you this morning. Consecrate our hearts afresh. We surrender this year. All our plans are but nil. And we place them in your hands. And we ask that you would resurrect and bring, breathe life on those things that you have for us. Now we worship you. If there's anyone here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you don't have a loving relationship with your Creator God, then I'd like to invite you into that relationship right now. Start 2024 afresh with a relationship with God. Right? That's what you've been waiting for your entire life. It's been leading to this moment where you give your heart over to your Lord and your Saviour. If that's you this morning, you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with Him, I'd love you to put your hand up and I'd love you to accept Him now. Just raise your hand and we're going to sing, uh, we're going to, sorry, we're going to pray just a simple prayer together as a whole congregation to invite Him into your heart, into your life. Is that you this morning? Have you been waiting for this moment Have you felt the Lord of glory ushering you in, wooing you? Because you have an opportunity right now. So just on the count of three, I'd love you to raise your hand and we'll see that hand, acknowledge it and just ask you to place it down. Online, if you just want to put in the comments, I need Jesus, someone will talk to you. Count of three, one, two, three. We've already had one salvation this morning in the foyer before the service. <laughs> I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the souls that God is going to bring in this, this, uh, this year. I think that the prolification of bunnies has something to do with that. <laughs> and so we just declare that, Jesus, that this year will be fruitful. We just declare fertility, Lord, <laughs> in your kingdom. And... Uh, <laughs> I just, I just felt this, but if anybody is struggling with fertility in the natural, um, come and see Catherine now. She'd love to pray with you um, because, yeah, God has breakthrough right now. So come and talk to Catherine. She'll pray for you. But Father, we just, uh, we're just going to enter back into a time of worship. And we just want to bring you 23 and step through the doorway into 24. In Jesus' name.